Hello, welcome to the faucet operation. Here I have Zamar Brandau. Did I pronounce your last name right? Yes, you did. Thank goodness I did. <laughs> so, before I had you on the show, I had you shoot me a list of topics mm-hmm. that you wanted to talk about. And you yes. said life is politics. Yes. What do you mean by that? I mean, like, when you really think about it, in order to get ahead in life, it's about politicking and it's about who you have connections with and basically not so much like can i swear yeah you can not so much like kissing ass but like in general like coming here for instance i came here and i got involved in a lot of things and so now people know my name and i'm a part of different things that's all politicking and getting voted for things and just the way you communicate with people and the way you say things and the connections you make with people, life is about making those connections in order to get ahead. Yeah. Like even in the workplace, when you're older working a job, it's about politicking and who knows who and yeah. are you friends with these people? And it's basically who it basically decides who gets the promotion and who doesn't. At the end of the day, you might be a hard worker, but if you're not social and you're not politicking and making these connections with people, it's not going to really get you like where you want to be. Yeah, but then also some people respect the idea that you know, sometimes the real work happens when nobody's looking. Yeah. And, and I like that idea, but I also like, you know, brand, you know, marketing myself out. Like, for example, this show has made me go out of my comfort zone yes. to be outgoing, mm-hmm. obviously, because I have to contact people that I've never really talked with mm-hmm. and all that. And I'm a shy person, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah that's ironic since I have a whole show. I uh, get it. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it was really tough to get out of that comfort zone and try to be outgoing to people and all that. And now it's like, oh, I'm actually kind of comfortable with it. Yeah. And like, I, like some people are just not like extroverted people. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is things that go um, on behind the curtains, mm-hmm. but you don't really see them getting recognition for that. Yeah. They're probably the people, like, think of a feudalism pyramid. They're probably holding everyone else up and doing all the groundwork that no one else is doing. But no one hears about it and no one sees about it and they don't get recognition. And after a certain while, when you keep doing things and you don't receive, like, not so much an award, but like, oh, hey, thanks. I really appreciate all you do. Mm -hmm. It starts being like, oh, well, why am I doing all this? Like, you know, like I'm yeah. doing it because I want to, but still at the end of the day, you know, sometimes it's nice to hear that you're doing a good job. There's, yeah. It's human to want to hear like, oh, we appreciate what you do. Mm-hmm. And when you don't, when you go unappreciated after basically laying all this groundwork for everybody, it's just like, damn. I feel that. I feel that really heavy. Mm-hmm. Even like the yeah. you... I and I seen it more when I came here like like I knew life was about making connections and who knows who and all this other stuff but I didn't really see it so much until I came here and then I was like ah this is what it is yeah I can definitely get behind that because as you know my father runs um the supercharged Mm -hmm. place that we went to and um I don't know if you've been up there but wide world of indoor sports up in North Smithfield it's an indoor sport complex where, you know, people of the sports of, like, soccer, lacrosse, mm-hmm. and volleyball, and youth football play there. And I had to make connections with P 
people getting rid of the idea of like, oh yeah, I'm the owner's son. Because mm-hmm. I worked at that facility and yeah. I had to really prove myself as like an actual worker instead yeah. of just being, you know, like a daddy's boy, getting whatever yeah. the fuck he wants and whatever. Yeah. I, I didn't want to be like that, you know, like that frou-frou dog, you know, the one that gets all the nice luxuries yeah. and all that. I wanted to be like a hard working. Yeah, but some people don't have that mentality. They're just, they get skate by on life about like yeah. who they know and what they yeah. do. And like, even here you can, you like some people, I feel like awards wise, I'm like, they really deserve this award because I know them personally and I know they do everything that award entails. But, but nobody sees it. No one sees it, but I see it or other people see it, but they're not an extroverted person and they're not all this stuff. So they go unrecognized. When I was a younger, believe it or not, I was a shy kid. I did not talk to anybody. Yeah, me and either. as I got older, I realized like I need to start making friends and talking to people and you know, like I can't just live in my own bubble. Um and eventually I became an extroverted person and I like stepped out of that and gained more confidence within myself. But at the same time there is I, there's still those underlying insecurities that I have at the mm-hmm. same time. Yeah, I grew up with a lot of uh, insecurities as a kid because I grew up with uh, learning impediments. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't know if you heard the previous episodes, but I mentioned that I grew up with uh, pervasive developmental disorder, which I'm not sure if you're aware of. Mm-hmm. It's Anyway, it's like a reading and speech impediment. Mm-hmm. It's off like the spectrum from like autism and whatever. And that put a big toll on me as a kid because I mm-hmm. wanted to make as much friends as possible. But I would always be, like, pushed aside, like, doing speech therapy or, like, doing evaluations yes. to see how I would progress. And that put a big toll on me. And I ended up going to a school called uh, the Wolf School for mm-hmm. several years. And, you know, I grew up out of it. And it's kind of weird to me now because whenever I mention that to people, they're like, whoa, you grew up with that? And I was like, yeah, I thought it was obvious to you. And they were like, no, you don't seem yeah. like you don't have it at all. And I'm like, oh, really? Mm-hmm. So it's just weird to me now to think that, like, I had that, and now I'm just, you know, I don't want to say normal, but grew out of it. Mm-hmm. Because normal would be too politically incorrect and piss people off. <laughs> uh, and just, like, uh, I don't I don't know. Just, like, in general, <laughs> like, I feel like today's day and age, too, a lot of people are s- sensitive to a lot of things, especially here at school, and I'm just, like... Keep going. It's just Keep like going. I feel like, like I'm, a, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm, I'm, name. I'm interested. I'm not gonna name like spill the some tea, sis. Stuff, but I'm just saying like spill some tea, I feel please. like people are coddled here. They're seriously like coddled. Like not like all people, but a good amount of people. I'm like you grew up in Barrington. Yeah. You come here, or you grew up in like all these other places, and then you come here, and like you're still coddled. Like. We don't, like, we get homework, but if you just do your homework, you'll pass. Yeah. Like, you'll pass easily, without a doubt. Versus, like, other schools I apply to, like, their homework, yes, you have homework, but it's, like, what, 5-8% of your total grade? Like, it's not, like, huge. Here, it's, what, 15 yeah. I never did homework growing up because it only was 10% of my grade. I was like, well, what is the point? I did it every once in a while, and I was still a straight-A student. Yeah. 
um, because it counted for so less. Here it counts for so much, and participation counts for so much, and I'm like, whoa. Like, it, just, it doesn't add up to me. And just, like, even the way you can see the way teachers treat certain students differently than other students, and yeah. you can see the difference, like, who's coddled and who's not coddled and who's the favorites and who's not the favorites. And, like, I'll admit, I'm some teacher's favorites, and I'm like, I don't have a problem with that. Um, and I don't have a problem with teachers having favorites. It's when you make it obvious and you, like, yeah. don't when you're focused on that student instead of another student that needs you. Yeah, I never really liked seeing, um, you know, like, teacher's favorite be like, mm -hmm. oh, you get this special, you know, piece of candy, you know, regardless of the other kids getting just, like, a plain piece of candy. Mm -hmm. Like, do you see that example or that analogy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've never been a fond of it. Yeah, that's basically... Yeah, my I always... always uh, that's, humble. Yeah, that's always something I live by, like, that in order, like, I'm going to college uh, next year, and I know it's it's going to be the same ballpark. It's going to be about me getting involved in the community and me mm -hmm. doing this and that, because also, as well, financial aid. I'm, I don't come from a family with money like that, and especially last year, I was about to leave because I didn't get enough money, and I spoke to a bunch of teachers, and I was like, listen... Can we figure something out? If I become a day student and commute, I was going to live with my grandparents in Fall River. And I was like, in commute, could my t tuition be lowered? Mm -hmm. And they're like, it wouldn't make that big of a difference. But then I had teachers who advocated, were like, we're down on borders next year. She's a proctor, da 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 And I ended up getting more money. But say I wasn't involved in the community and I was kind of to myself and all this stuff, no one would really care if I couldn't afford it and I was leaving. Like, you know, yeah. because I didn't make an impact on anything. But since mm -hmm. I came in and I kind of knew that already and got involved and did all this, it's like, okay, she's impacted our community. She's an asset to our community. Yeah. She's a poster child of what students in our community should be. Mm -hmm. Like, Kind of like, like the Wonder Woman. Yeah, I literally, I tell my mom all the time, I was like, I'm literally one of St. Andrew's poster childs. Like, I'm everything. Besides Chapin, which is kind of amazed me that I didn't get it, but it's like whatever. Oh, um, awkward. Yeah, it, it, but like <laughs> at the end of the day, it was just like it is what it is. Like yeah. Um, but I'm literally everything besides Chapin, and I didn't make National Honor Society last year. Um, oh. By like point zero six, and I was just like, okay. Um, A friend of mine, um, Claire Kirk. Yeah. Yeah. Last year, I went to. Um, some Christmas party or whatever, and she was ranting about how she didn't about how she didn't make it to the National Honor Society, and I was like, "What? Like, whoa! Like, I've always known like Clara is like a smart yeah. being, and she's a very level-headed person. Yeah. I will admit, and actually, she has an episode on the show. Go check that out. That was a good episode, but she is like the female Tony Stark. I'll say." Mm very level-headed human being yeah but it's just like I was involved in everything and did all this stuff and played sports and was a captain and did theater and did all these uh shows and competitions that it was BB6, just like, right? yeah bb6 but even just my junior year writing my own monologue and doing all that it was just like oh I put myself into the community and out there mm -hmm. and that's why when I give tours and 
um, I speak on student panels is I'm like, involve yourself in the community. Mm-hmm. You have to. Yeah. Because like, if you don't, I don't like, I don't know how you're, well you're going to do here. Cause it's about politicking and about yeah. like, and also I see, like, I don't like sucking up to teachers. I don't like brown nosing and all that. And there's a lot of teachers I know that hate that, but then there's those teachers I know that are like, oh. And I'm just like, oh, God. Explain. Like, like students. Like, students okay. suck up to certain teachers. And teach, some teachers I like, don't do that. And versus how other teachers Oh, like, like, use yeah. pity to get whatever they no, want. No, not pity, just, like, oh. sucking up. And, like, there's a difference between being kind to a teacher and telling a teacher what they want to hear. I'm sorry, if you want to hear what you want to hear, don't come to me. Go to somebody else. I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. I'm going to tell you the truth and how I'm feeling. Okay. Because that's what needs to be known. I'm not going to be I'm not going to beat around the truth and make the truth sound nicer or, like, sound better than it actually is. I'm going to give it to you blunt in the way it is. I'm not going to try to make you hear what you want to hear. You don't like sugarcoating the truth. Yeah, do I don't. But then there's certain times in life that I'm like, I need to sugarcoat the truth because other times other people might get offended, offended about what the truth is. But I'm like, if it's the truth, why are you getting offended? It's not coming, it's not attacking you, it's just the truth. Hmm. I kind of like what I'm hearing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah, I hate uh, people that try to sugarcoat the truth because it's just like, that's making you a liar. Or like, in a sense. Or like you, like I've got, I've gotten it done to me too. When people are trying to sugarcoat the truth, and I could see their brain and their eyes just running around in circles and circles and circles. And, and it's I'm like, yeah, like, you're bullshit. I'm this. like, yeah. When are you gonna get to the point? Just get to the point. I'm waiting for the point, and you're not getting to it. Yeah, or like when people are like, eh, I don't know, and it's like you do fucking know. Tell us right yeah. now. Yeah, and it's like that. It drives me nuts. Mm. Like, even in one of my past relationships, I've had it happen to me, and I'm just like, tell me the fucking truth. Mm-hmm. Don't try to be, like, you know, smiling and shit about it. Tell me what happened. Stop acting like a child. Mm-hmm. Grow up. I'm sick of it. Yeah. And, um... But when you were talking about, you know, the sugarcoating, the truth part, and, like... People getting offended and all that. People do. That's exactly what politics is. You can see it even on the news with uh, politicians. They always sugarcoat the truth and they make it sound like in a nice way Mm -hmm. that everyone can digest. Like, you know, and it it sits okay with them. They make a big problem seem insignificant or smaller than it actually is. That us as the American society, we shouldn't be concerned about it. Like, you know. Which news source outlet do you trust? Honestly, I I feel like news has all sorts of bias in it, depending on, no matter where it's coming from. If it's okay. coming from big names like CNN and Fox, or if it's coming from the Washington Post or the Providence Journal. Or, or like these small little ones like BuzzFeed, yeah. Vox. Yeah. And, um, it's all, it's well, all bias. Vice. Yeah. Everything you have is going to have a certain amount of bias in it. It's yeah. about reading enough. And knowing enough and staying, like, up to date with what's going on that you can be able to pull out the truths in stories. Yeah. Like, because at the end of the day, stories will have 
parts that connect. It's about making those stories connect in order yeah. to figure out the truth. Because mm-hmm. you read that one article from CNN, it's going to say something a little bit different than what Washington Post is going to say. And they or like, it's obviously going to be a complete different side of the story from what Fox is going to say. Yeah. Or like what BuzzFeed is going to do. But BuzzFeed doesn't do jack shit. Yeah. Yeah, let's just admit that. They're like, 25 celebrities who have appeared on Game of Thrones are like... You know, I, it's a stupid shit like that. I like honestly, I don't even keep up with like celebrity news. Like the whole Me thing either. with um, I remember the whole Khloe Kardashian and whatever her name was scandal. Jordan, I don't even remember her name. Um, yeah, I and, don't like keeping up with celebrities because yeah, they're just annoying. yeah. But like I like Kristen Thompson cheated on Khloe Kardashian again, and there was this whole thing on Twitter. And I remember it was like the fourth day it was going on. I was like, yo, what is everyone talking about? They like. You don't know? I'm like, how does this affect my day-to-day life? Thank you. Like, tell me, in the real world, is Khloe Kardashian getting cheated on going to affect how I do in school? Is it going to affect, um, like, what is it going to affect in my life? Is it going to give me gas money? Is it going to pay my rent? Is it going to pay my tuition for school? No. So why do I need to spend time and energy focusing on this when I could be focusing on something to further myself? Wow. I could not agree anymore with what you just said. I just, like... Thank you for pointing that out. I... It just feels great, you know, having someone here relating to that level. I... Wow. That made my days, Amar, and I mean it. <laughs> Thank you. And, um... What else was I just gonna say? Um... Oh, so my philosophy behind the show, as you were having a little fiasco about the news and all that, Mm -hmm. my philosophy behind the show is having the most raw and candid um, footage Mm -hmm. as possible and having it be, like, narrow Mm -hmm. instead of, like, two sides. Mm -hmm. You know, having, like, the speech on it only have, like, one direct message not like two sides Mm -hmm. the questions can be taken by two sides but you know i usually give like a one sided answer to it Mm -hmm. and i in if i'm gonna be honest with you i made the show from like i don't want to say a conservative bias but like from belief you know Mm -hmm. having it be as politically incorrect as possible Mm -hmm. Being the blunt truth about it, not sugarcoating shit. Yeah. Because my show wants to be raw and candid. It's a fucking operation. I run this <laughs> shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, like, I like that a lot. Because I feel like a lot of the times people are not honest about what they're really thinking. Because they're scared mm-hmm. of what other people are going to think about them. And I'll admit, I do have moments that I'm just like, should I say this? Or should I not? Because then again, people feel victimized. Like, people play the victim card. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, that card is getting old now. Yeah. Or, like, I say, for example, I'm sitting next to a friend of mine. He smells like shit. His hygiene is terrible. And I say to him, hey, man, uh, could you, like, you know, get, like, a deodorant or whatever and put that on quick? Uh-huh. People will pull off the victim card immediately and be like, straight white male conservative attacked unhealthy hygienic boy for not using deodorant or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
they'll pull that shit off. And I'm like, no, I'm just trying to build a fucker, yeah. build a better human being. Mm-hmm. The kid smells like a pig. I'm trying to make him look good and not smell like a fucking pig. Mm-hmm. Like, you see where I'm going? Yeah. That shit pisses me off. When I, I try to do better for human beings and then, you know, they just, you know, attack me for it. And I'm just like... And I think also it's based yeah. on perspective. Like, even though you didn't meet it in that sort of way, it's about the way other people take it. And that's a, a lot of times things I say, I'm like, okay, I got to think about how this person would take it. How would this person perceive it? Because then again, if I don't, like, but um, that's that's part of the reason I want to go into journalism that's what I want to do when I'm older and I want to write and I want to write about real things I don't and my mom's like what what are you going to do if you're a journalist and I'm like I want to travel to like countries and other places where stuff is going on and write the real truth that people need to know okay like there's the thing that amazes me is like there's events going on outside the United States, but we never hear about it. We don't know about it because we just, and if we do, it's only the big things. It's not like things that matter that other countries are going through. And like, I'm not saying we can like go out and let's all help them because like, that's like the throw mentality like that. Like you remember 12 by 12, like what makes a country underdeveloped and overdeveloped. I'm not saying that, but have a sense of what is going on besides the realm of your own life, but not with the context of like celebrities. They don't really, their lives are not relatable at all. I'm talking about people. Yeah, because they're full, yeah. full blown rich, nice yeah. clothes, houses, 12 it's just, car garages. I also think people need to get out of their bubble and see what's going on. Not going on in those people's lives, but other people in other countries and what they go through. And lately, something I've been saying a lot, too, is first world problems. Because, I don't know, this week, I just, someone was complaining about gas prices. And I admit, gas prices do, like, sometimes, yeah. But I was just like, the way they were talking about it, I was like, yo, first world problems. Like, like honestly at this point it's just like okay the gas prices are gonna rise we can't do anything about it like you know what i mean and it's like i do that shit too sometimes and then sometimes i take a step back and i'm like shit like that sounded very childish childish spoiled like whatever yeah and then i'm like shit like maybe i should rethink that like you know yeah like i'll admit like i feel like i could complain about like a first world problem and you know be like i don't want to get out of bed like i don't want to you know get ready for school but then i'm like you know what last day of classes suck it up this is all i have to do and you know i get up and i gotta drive to school half hour drive for me every day which sucks and then you know i'm just like you know what if i keep on complaining we're gonna sound like the biggest like dickhead yeah (laughs) yeah i wanted to say a p-u-s-s-y but i feel Uh, like that's a little too much yeah but uh you know i would have sounded like a huge baby Mm -hmm. and or like a giant mama's boy Mm -hmm. and you know i'm like not trying to give off that impression to people like i run a show i have people come on i have to be professional Mm -hmm. 
and you know I didn't want to give off that babyish childish vibe so you know I gotta do a lot of things myself mm-hmm. like I gotta run my own errands laundry believe it or not um, <laughs> make my own bed clean up my room make my studio yeah. look nice back at my house um, let's see what else I gotta do I gotta drive my ass to school <laughs> Gas. I still don't have my license. I'm 18 without my license. Yeah. Is it's, it just because you're bored here and you don't have time Yeah, to... also, like, everyone's like, Zamar, driver's ed is, like, $600 in Massachusetts. Like, it's expensive. And you can get your permit without going to driver's ed in Massachusetts, unlike Rhode Island. Um, yeah. So I got my permit, and it's like, you have to, if you don't take driver's ed, you have to wait till you're 18 to test for your license. And if you, yeah, I believe that's yeah. it on Rhode Island. But you can have your permit that whole time. Um, but I was like, what is the point of me paying this money for driver's ed, getting the test, getting my license, so I can get $20 cheaper on my insurance? Like, when, like, when I'm going to board and I can't drive anyways, I can't have a car on campus, I can't do any yeah. of that. It's like, why not spend that money on something I actually need right now versus yeah. thinking, like... I don't know. So I don't have my license, which is fine with me. But being here, I was like, I had to grow up really fast being here. And like now, like I I was talking to somebody about rooming together um, at PC. And I was just like, I'm really nervous, but I don't know why I am. Like I've boarded for two years. Like going there is not going to be anything new to me. It's literally like, what, 20 minutes away from here? Yeah. 45 minutes away from my house like it's not that big of a deal yeah and it's like being here taught me how to be away from home how to live on my own back then when i go home and i see my brother it's a different story people still do his laundry people still cook for him if we don't cook for him that man won't eat like he'll get up and have a bag of chips like he won't make oh yeah he'll eat shit if no one cooks for him yeah and i was just like at this point versus when i go home i'm like even though i don't want to cook i cook like, yeah. I have to if I want to eat. Like, it's just the way it is. And I, um, he's currently 15, and he's a freshman, and he's about to, his grades are dropping, and I'm, he's in jeopardy of staying back. But he's already uh, behind because his birthday is in September. So at this uh, point, he would graduate high school at 19, right? That's and not then, bad, though. And then start college at 20. Like, as soon as that, uh, that college starts, right after orientation, he would turn 20. Versus if he go if he does it now, he'll be eighteen all of his senior year of high school and then turn nineteen yeah. at the start of his freshman year. And I'm just like, bro, you don't wanna be you don't wanna be a twenty year old in college when everyone's eighteen. Yeah, that is a little wild. Yeah. Everyone is like I was just like, dude, get just like you have one responsibility. You don't work, you don't cook, you don't clean, you don't do all this other stuff. Like your one responsibility is school. And um he might have to take summer school, which is money. And my mom's like, why am I going to spend money on you yeah. for, to do that? She was like, you're going to pay for it yourself. I'm not doing that because that was your one responsibility to do. And you couldn't do that. So at this point, yeah. I'm going to teach you a lesson. So then next year, you won't do the same thing. If you want to take driver's ed, you're not wasting our money. You're going to waste your own money. I mean, not driver's ed, summer school. Wow. You guys come from a hard working class family. Mm-hmm. I respect that a lot. My mom, I, I truly do. Yeah. My mom is an entrepreneur. She started her own business. She's a personal trainer. And she's also an ESL teacher. She knows Portuguese, Creole, and Spanish and English. So she does that. You guys Portuguese? Uh, Portuguese and Cape Verdean, yeah. My mom's side of the family, 
my mom's grandmother, they're all from Portugal. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, whenever we have like a family dinner at at my Volvo's house, which mm-hmm. I think, you know, Volvo's Portuguese. Yeah, yeah, I call my grandma Volvo. So, yeah. And um, whenever we go over there, my Volvo's always like offering food and all that. Like, oh, Mason, you want this? You want this? You want yeah. this? And, you know, like, like it's a Portuguese grandmother. Yeah. You know, they always offer you food. Yeah, and always, stuff you always. Up. And then and it's, it's just like, like oh. I come home because my grandmother, we live in a three story house. And my grandma mm-hmm. lives on the first floor and we live on the third. Mm-hmm. And I come home after being here because I don't eat a lot here. Um, oh, yeah. And, I barely eat here. Like last year, my junior year, I started St. Andrews at like one thirty. Played soccer, went to one twenty three. Kept that like one twenty three to one twenty five. By graduation, I was one eighteen. I came home, and my grandma was like, "Oh, do you you look sickly. Like here's some food. Like you need food." And she kept stuffing me. And when I go home, I do gain a lot of weight because it's like. Not a lot, but like a good eight pounds. Yeah. Which is relatively a lot for me. Um, yeah. Because also my mom's a personal trainer too. Mm-hmm. So like she encourages us to stay in shape and all that stuff like that. Um, but it's just the difference. I will even be in shape at home. But since I eat right and eat so much, I'm going to gain weight here. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had sleep for dinner? Because I've had sleep for dinner. Like I have it. Like yeah, they don't feed me. Ramen doesn't do anything for me at this point. It does. It's just something that sits in my stomach. It doesn't make me full. Nothing. So then. Yeah. It's funny you say that because believe it or not, I'm actually the biggest kid in my family, mm. and uh, I have two older siblings who are twins. And when my mom found out that she was pregnant with twins, she had to eat a lot. Yeah. Like. A my lot. godson is. Um, he's a. He has an identical group twin. So. Oh, that's scary. Um, my mom's just like, you know, like four, eight, not that tall, not that heavy. And she was carrying twins. And so she had to eat a lot and a lot and a lot and a lot. And I'm bigger than my older twins. Were they premature? Like not that it has anything to do with now because like my aunt, no, no, they were born, um, you know, full term. Yeah. Full Uh, term. And, um, that's good. A lot of twins are not born full term. Yeah. And, um. You know, my older brother's got to be, like, 145 or something, and my sister's got to be, like, 118, I think, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And when my mom was pregnant with me, I'm the third child or, like, the middle child. She had the same mindset to eat as much as the twins. Mm-hmm. So I was <laughs> A born... <chunky> baby. <sighs> I was born, like, 11 pounds and 8 ounces, oh I think. Oh, my God. I was 7. I was I seven, would crush 12. babies. I was seven. I would demolish kids. Oh God! I was so fat that I had creases on my forearms and biceps and quads and everywhere. That whenever my mom gave me a bath, she would have to stick the bar of soap in the creases to clean them <laughs> out because there would be like little like yeah. snack crumbs and lint stuck in there. It was just like ugh. <laughs> No, but the my godson. I was is, a fat ass baby. My godson was born three pounds. Oh. And his brother was born five pounds. And they were seven months. They came out at seven months because what was happening is the bigger one, Montero, who was five pounds, was basically taking more of the food and the nutrients and stuff. So my godson, Kingston, wasn't getting a lot of those stuff. And they were like, Mm -hmm. they need to come out. Because at this point, if they don't come out, like he will probably die from lack of nutrition. So then... Um, they took them out, whatever, and they had to stay in the incubator for three weeks um, in, at Boston Children's. So 
they were in the incubator for three oh, weeks. Right. They were born in the second, like, percentile of, like, like their age group and stuff like that. And so that is crazy when you think about it. You're the second per- second percentile that you're, like, a huge outlier. Um, and then they went back to the doctors, like, a couple months ago. And he was like, oh, um, you're... They were like, this is crazy how much they grow. They're tall kids. They're big kids, very muscular. It's like, it's crazy how much they've grown because Montero went from being like, Kingston was the second. Montero's like the fourth. And he went to like the 91th percentile in Kingston at like the 87th. And it's like, it's crazy that they started like this and then they were like this. But again, my family is just like nutrition, nutrition, nutrition. Yeah, and lots of eating because... Yeah, and I would imagine they would have a lot of bread in their diet because Portuguese people love <laughs> I bread. I love bread. Me too. Oh bread my and God. butter. At Cheesecake Factory, I went for Victoria's birthday. We yeah. asked for the second thing of bread. And then the, I was like, yo, can we ask for a third? Meryl was like, smart. No, we're not asking for a third one. <laughs> and I was like, there's only two more. And I was like, wait, you think I can take the two breads to go? And then so I wrapped the bread in the little plastic and I put it in my Nike bag. And then when I went back in the car, I was eating the bread. And then Morel was like, you did not take the bread. I was like, I took the bread. Like, the bread Oh, is my God. That is the most... <laughs> Single most Portuguese thing I'd ever witnessed. I love bread. In New Bedford, they have so many uh, like bakery shops that sell um, popsicle, yeah. which is pops, mm-hmm. which is the Portuguese bread. And yeah. I always have that in the morning with some eggs. Yeah, isn't New Bedford a like a like a Portuguese mm-hmm. it's, dominant? Yeah, Portuguese. Uh, I shouldn't say dominant, dominant but it's a yeah. Portuguese villa. We'll say. No, dominant too okay. is fine. Like okay. it's very there's a lot of Portuguese culture there, but there's the Cape Verdean culture there too. But that's also very similar because uh, Portugal colonized Cape Verde and all that yeah. stuff like that. Uh, like my my great great grandfather, straight white Portuguese man, like sh- like curly mustache, everything. Handlebar. Yes, um, and so. It's very Portuguese dominant, Cape Verdean dominant, but now we're seeing an influx of, uh, we have a lot of, we've always had a lot of Puerto Ricans and some Dominicans. Now we're seeing an influx of Guatemalans. Um, oh. Yes. Like a, like a lot. Um, and my mom has yeah. some students who are also like illegal immigrants, but that they came here with their older siblings and their parents are still back home. Oh. So it's like 19, 20 year olds living with their like 13, 14 year old sisters and brothers mm-hmm. um because they had to escape because stuff was going on there oh wow mm-hmm. wow but the, and i also tell yeah. people they're like new bedford high is such a bad school it's such a bad i'm like no when you really think about it we have a lot of immigrants esl students whose first like they, they don't even know full english yet then they have to take all these state standardized tests mm-hmm. they don't know what the, and they get a dictionary with like word translations like this word means that word yeah you, you can't put a sentence together like that yeah and so they do, they don't do well on these tests and then that's how we get graded as a school um and everyone's like oh academically it's such a bad school if you're a good student at new bedford you excel i was in all honors classes if i stayed there i would have graduated early i was on an early graduation track like it's a it's a good school if yeah. you are a good student yeah, it's a good school if you, like, have that mentality to strive. Yeah. And if you want to be involved in play sports. Like, and even the athletes yeah. there. Like, 
video. What division are the sports there like? D, D like Division One, um, but most school most students go D three or D two. Oh. Once in a while, there's someone who goes D one, but not very often. Yeah, we have a lot of basketball kids that go D one. Yeah. Well, because we're such a big basketball school. Yeah, like every single time I tell a person, hey, I go to St. Andrews there, just like, oh, you ever go to the basketball games? And I'm like, mm. oh, you know what's the worst? I went to the beach with my friends this summer, um, and I grew up with them. And they're like, oh, where you at now? And I'm like, St. Andrews. They're like, oh, Bryson School. And I'm like, he's not the only person from New Bedford that goes there. There's Alani, there's me, there's Jaden DeGrace, like, there's uh, Jaden Trinidad, like, there's Kylie, like, He's not the like it's not his school like he doesn't own the school and it's just like yo like relax and they're like oh yeah. do you know him and I'm just like he's a person like very good basketball player though yeah uh, it's funny that you mentioned Alani in there because I'm actually going to Dean College oh, with yeah. uh, Alani mm. and I actually ran into her at the accepted students day I think. And Bryce O'Brien, I think, is actually also going to Dean. He's going to Dean? Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. He, uh, some advisor of his, I think, it was like Miss Kretcher, Miss mm-hmm. White, they came up to me. It was like, hey, you're going to Dean, right? And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to Dean College in Franklin, whatever. And they said, a buddy of yours is going there. And I'm like, oh, who? Bryce O'Brien, and I'm like, oh, shit, I'll have to, well, yeah. I didn't say shit, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I contacted him, and I was like, hey, I heard you're going to Dean and all that, and, you know, it would be great if we were roommates and all that, because I haven't taken those surveys yet, and I don't know where to find it. I'm not trying to. Honestly, I'm and, not taking And, and I'm not trying to end up with someone yes. who's the complete opposite. I got so lucky with Victoria, like, like her being my roommate, because, like, and having that experience, I am so scared for a college roommate. So, like, that's why I joined the Facebook, th- of, like, PC oh, thing yeah. to meet people and, like, yeah. all this stuff. So, I'm actually meeting with two people over the summer. Um, and we're oh, sitting down for hear. coffee. One of them's from Dartmouth. Go figure. Dartmouth in New Bedford right now. Oh, yeah. They're, like, neighbors, right? Uh, yeah. And then one's from Connecticut. So. Oh. Which is pretty far. So, we're just going to meet halfway. Yeah, I already met a couple of people through uh, social media, through the Facebook page mm-hmm. of the Dean Admitted Students and all Did that. Did you go to the Accepted like Family Day and all that? I went to the Accepted Students Day and, you know, I parents couldn't. went there. I couldn't. It was the same day as my BB6 performance in Pig in Providence. So that we had to go do that. And then the next day, I had the ASNI Diversity Conference at St. Mark's. So that weekend... How was that? Started. It was so much fun. It was amazing, um, and it gave, and it gave me a lot of perspective, like a lot. And like I was even like I, so I sat in this one. It was how to. It's basically like white allyship, um, and not to so much speak for minorities, just to be the microphone when they need someone mm-hmm. to be like not try to like forcefully relate to them. And um, so I was in a, a class with all like majority like Caucasian students. And so, like, um, me and another girl and Jahan were kind of, like, saying, like, what is acceptable, like, what do we think is acceptable, and they are, and it was just, like, an open environment where people felt okay to say whatever they needed to say, and if it was, like, offensive, we would break it down, and um, 
explain the why. Contracts, yeah, behind it, and it was just a very accepting community to say what you wanted to say, basically. Um, so you guys were talking about what is acceptable to say and what is not acceptable to not say. Not so much what is acceptable to say and what is not acceptable to say, but how to be an ally. Like, you know, like, okay. like not a bystander. How to help, like, how to help minorities out in their seek for, like, equality and equity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, we were talking about, like, acknowledging your own privilege. But at the end of the day, everyone has privilege. I even have privilege. Um, I don't like having it. I know yeah. I, I know I have it because, you know, my father, yeah. as I told but you. But it doesn't make you a bad person. It's how yeah. you use your privilege to help other people. And I don't people. use it at all. Yeah. The, the most that I've used it is probably just getting a job mm-hmm. or working for him. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I don't even see my dad at work. I just mm-hmm. see his, you know, like the managers that are like the position below him. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, hey, Mason, what's up? They don't refer to me as Danny's boy. They refer to me as yeah. Mason. Yeah. You know, as, like, a worker, that is one with them. Not, like, I'm Mason, and, you know, you shall do this for me, and, you know, be, like, the Mm -hmm. Wicked Witch of the West or whatever. (laughs) But, yeah, it was fun. I 10 out of 10 recommend anyone to go. And I I even said I give props to, like, all the Caucasian and, like, like majority groups that were here today because it was basically, Mm -hmm. they were the minority at that conference because it was a lot of African-American people more than anything else. Um, and then mixed people, and then like Latinas and um, Asians and international students. So, and they were, there was like 15, 16 Caucasian students mm-hmm. and versus like 200, 250 like black students and like all this other stuff. So, they were really the minority at that for a weekend. Mm -hmm. And they got outside their comfort zone. So I was like, yo, props to you. Like, I have much respect to you because some people won't even come and put themselves in this this situation. Like, at least you came. That's the first step, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's how I kind of felt starting this show. Because when I first... I don't know if you heard my, um, you know, my 12-minute thank you um, on the show, which I put up. I talked about, you know, how I thought of the idea through just, like, watching, like, Joe Rogan podcasts and all that. And when I first thought of the idea, I was just like, oh, this is just a stupid extensive joke that no one's going to pay attention to. And I was like, I'm doing way too much of nothing with my life, and I want to do something that, you know, people will know me for. Like, say, for example, you, you're known for playing soccer and, you know, being, um, you know, like a... Kind of like a marvel to the students here. <laughs> An Avenger. <laughs> the, Can I be Black Widow? That's my favorite. I'm not sure if you want to be her now. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never <laughs> yeah. mind. Never mind. Yeah. Um, no, but... I was going to say Captain America, but I'm, I don't want to be an uh, old either, so... No, but... Yeah, and then, you know, you have people like uh, Shub, who are known for soccer, yeah. and Faith, known for theater. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm Mason. What can I do? Yeah. And then I was just like, let's start this fucking podcast. Mm-hmm. Let's start it. I don't care. I'm, I'm going, you know, head first into yeah. it. Let's go. And I, But props, then I was... Props to you because Morel keeps like, Zamar, start your YouTube channel. I already filmed a video. It's just literally sitting in my laptop waiting to be uploaded and i'm just like i don't want to do this because then people will see it and then people will be like what the fuck is she doing like why is she doing this like she's cringy and <laughs> da, 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 da. and then she's like who cares like people are gonna hate 
But me, I'm just like, hey. Like, that's putting well, me wait. myself out there. Here's my question. How... What was what was your first video about? Did you ever upload it or not? Uh, I didn't upload it. It was just basically I wanted people because when I was applying to boarding school, I looked up videos and no one had it, and I was just like, "Yo, I want people to know what this experience is like, and also just to like take a look into my life because my life is sometimes interesting, sometimes boring, but I consider yeah. myself like an outgoing and funny person sometimes. Yeah, all me the time. too. Um, but I was like, I feel like I'm a very relatable person and I'm easy to relate to. And mm-hmm. I people have told me that timeless times. And again, that... Yeah, they, like you can't stress it enough. Yeah, that I'm easy to relate to and they feel like um, we have a lot in common and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So it's like, oh, maybe I should start doing this. Not for the money or forever, just to have fun. And then to look back on it later and be like, oh, look at my senior year of high school. Look at this. Look at that. <laughs> like, I was so pretty when I was young. Now I'm old and wrinkly. Like, <laughs> you know, kind of like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I feel like that's going to happen with the show when I get older. Yeah. Like, oh. Or hearing hey, your voice. You're yeah. going to be like, Ugh. like I'm going to listen to this later. I'm going to be like, my voice is disgusting. Like, stop talking. <laughs> No, but yeah, I don't mind the voice, mm-hmm. like my voice as much anymore because I already know what I'm going to sound like and I'm yeah. just so used to it. But it's sometimes when I laugh, I sound so obnoxious where I'm just like, oh, shit. That's why, like specifically watching <laughs> this YouTube video, I was like, yo, why am I talking like that? Like seriously, lower the pitch of your voice. Stop saying, um, and so, yeah, and so, and then flipping the hair, I was just like, I can't with myself, like, this is too cringy, versus other people, they're like, oh, you're your biggest critic, like, you will come at yourself more than anyone else will come at you, and that's why, I like that statement, um, like, that's why I don't understand why people hate on other people, because it's like, yo, that person is their biggest critic, as much as they're hating on them, they're hating on themselves ten times worse, Mm -hmm. same, when I played volleyball, we were always told to help the person out. Like, I would make a mistake, and I would be in my head so much. Like, oh, my God, Like, why did I do that? Like, I feel so bad. I just gave the other team a point. But when you play a team sport, you can't be in your head. And for people to be like, oh, Zamar, you missed that. Like, you freaking suck. Like, da-da-da. Yeah. Like, that's going to hurt me, but then it's going to make me get in my head even more. So our mentality yeah. was like, as much as you don't like what they just did, they're beating themselves up about it 10 times harder than you would. So at this point, you need to encourage them so they have the confidence to get the next one. Wow. No, but yeah, I also liked the statement um, where you just said... You're you your are, biggest critic. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, I do like to critique myself sometimes and, you know, try to improve myself of, like, how I will present on the show and all that. And sometimes my humor will be corny on the show, so then I'm just like, oh... I'll just satire myself and make it as raunchy as possible mm-hmm. and because I don't like corny humor. It's cheesy. It's not it, it's not funny per mm-hmm. se. But humor where you satire yourself and mm-hmm. like make fun of yourself or roast yourself yeah. and make yourself look stupid is funny. And having like a somewhat barrier of being offensive, I guess, mm-hmm. is funny to me that I don't know. You may not think it's funny, but I I think it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Like humor where you like humor where you just don't give a shit. And it's just like yeah, fuck it. Let's just say it. Yeah. As much as like sometimes I'm just like oh gosh, like I really yeah. do applaud people that like 
you know who I love? Like, last year we would always argue a lot, but this year I have, like, so much respect for her as an individual. Emma Kennery. Like, she just says whatever the she wants to say. She does whatever she wants to do. And... Not so much she doesn't care about Maybe the Maybe she's just a, an extremely free-spirited person. Yeah, and she, she actually was scheduled to come onto the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's not so much like uh, like her like just being like having a teenage rebellion. It's just like who she is. Like, um, and I like, I like, she inspires me to like get out of my comfort zone more. Yeah. And just like don't so much care what other people think. And her fashion sense is freaking amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and I've been listening to a lot of music with that kind of, like, teenage rebellion <laughs> in it because of senior year and all that. Mm-hmm. One song that will get you amped is Another Brick in the Wall Part 2 by Pink Floyd. Uh-huh. The first lyrics are literally, we don't need no education. We don't need no dark sarcasm. No, we don't I've need been... no thoughts control. <laughs> I've been That's listening. literally the lyrics, and I'm just like, I need this to make it through finals. Um... I've been listening to more like sad music. I don't know why, uh, but like, but also I like I can't live without my R and B. So, <laughs> since I was like eleven, I started listening to Elton John. Mm. So I've always been like a fan of classic rock. Mm. And then recently, at the beginning of uh, the school year, I started listening to a lot of like Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd, which are like psychedelic mm-hmm. rock bands and will like take you to like a whole other realm and i was like holy shit i did not know music could do this the only band i listened to relatively like that what, i forget their name um they wrote uma thurman the song uma thurman oh um, fallout boy yeah fallout boy but they're not really like yeah. too hardcore they are a little bit emo yeah i will but, say but that's the only band i listened yeah. to relatively in like near that genre Oh, and yeah. The Fray, but The Fray is not yeah. really, like, bad either. You know the album Dark Side of the Moon? It's the album with, like, the triangle with, like, the white line going in it, and then it's, like, a rainbow going out the other. Wow, can't believe you don't know it. <laughs> um, I know some albums that you yeah. would be like, um, what is that? <laughs> um, and it's like, I've never heard of that person. Yeah. I do something to that album called Guided Meditation and all that. And, like, the first minute of, like, the album is just weird sounds, like clocks, money, and mm-hmm. uh, laughing, and just crazy sounds to make you go insane. And then the next song, it peaks that, and then it drops low and, like, weird, and, like, it's mm-hmm. like you're in, like, a dream and all that. And I try to think of all the worst shit that has happened to me in my life during that first minute. Like... The heartbreak that I've dealt with, the loss and the grief and the time that I spent for this one individual. And then when that peak drops to the low weird part, I envision myself sinking through the floor and going into like a dreamlike reality where everything is perfect for me. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like I'm making a meditation for myself where I travel to another fucking realm. And I <laughs> love that. Yeah. It's um. weird. No, and like everyone has different ways of coping with things, and I, as long as you're coping it with it yeah. somehow, um, and one of the, a lot of people think I'm very aggressive, and I don't know how to control my anger. I've gotten better with it, but it's more yeah, like you have. also like I'm very assertive, like yeah. 
Oh. There's nothing wrong with being assertive. It's how but you get shit people, done. People get intimidating by it. And yeah. then they're scared. Or they're like, oh, she's too aggressive. I'm like, no, I'm assertive. Just because I'm telling you what you don't want to hear doesn't make me an aggressive and person. And you want to know who you call those kind of people? Snowflakes. <laughs> you call those people snowflakes. You are just a person walking through the snowflakes, not giving a shit about what they do. You're telling them what to do or telling them the truth. Mm-hmm. Good for you. I respect that. <laughs> but yeah, and like that's what gets me in trouble a lot, a lot in my life. But I'm like, bro, if I don't say what I need to say and I bottle it all up, it's going to be 10 times worse than the yeah. way it's coming out now. So like deal with it now before like I hold it in. And I tell people this all the time. I'm like, yo, I have a bag of truths. I call it the bag of truths. Sometimes I really be biting my tongue, but I put my truths in a little bag. So next time you really want to test me, don't make me open my bag of truths because I have a lot of truths that I can tell, like say about you and you're not going to like it. Yeah. So like that's when I know someone's going to get offended. I'm like, hmm, maybe put this in my bag of truths. Maybe this could be used for another time. Yeah. Maybe not right now. <laughs> so then I just like, look at Zamar contemplating to <laughs> spill the tea. Yeah. Oh, I have a lot of tea. I always have tea. Because, like, it's just, like, a lot of people tell me things that I'm like, I didn't ask to know that information, but now I know that information. And people are like, you're just yeah. easy to talk to. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. But, yeah. <sighs> well, anyways, I think that's all the time that we have here, folks. <laughs> we took up a lot of time. Oh, my longest episode is, like, an hour and 56 minutes. Okay, yeah. And um, that was Bible talk. Who was that with? My friend, Evan Muhammad. Uh, okay. Yeah, born-again Christian, and we talked about the Bible for literally two hours and talked about pagan shit, horoscopes, cults. I love horoscopes. Even though they're very vague. <laughs> but let's not get into that. I mean, I like reading them just to yeah. see if they'll, like, actually happen. But it's so vague that it's just, like... But they make it yeah. vague so they can, like, lure you into it. Yeah, like, oh, I wonder who... This is referencing something, something great is gonna happen to you today. And, and then they oh, make a question like, "Oh, what's oh, going to happen?" That's what's so great. Going to happen, and then all of a sudden you get like a free smoothie from Tropicals, and you're like, "Something great!" And you're like, "No, honey, no, like, that was just." It's fine. not a free smoothie. It's something yeah. that we really want. Yeah. Some. <sighs> I mean, after that podcast, um, the one with my friend Evan. Uh, he shat a ton on the horoscopes, and I was like, holy shit, they're actually kind of bullshit sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and I also had another podcast with my friend, uh, Mitch, and the first 50 minutes of it were literally just Marvel movies, and then our friend David came in unexpectedly, then we ended up talking about dinosaurs religion conspiracy <laughs> theories and shit like that it was yeah. the wildest episode that we've ever had and he claimed that he spoke to god in that episode <laughs> it was holy fucking shit that was a crazy story well anyways that's all the time that we have for here folks and thank you zamar for coming no on to the show and uh sayonara <laughs>